Well, welcome everybody to Downtown Harbor Church. If it is your first time here, my name is John, the lead pastor. Appreciate you guys. Come, thank you. Thank you. It's been a blessing to serve everyone here. Thank you so much. Anyway, so we are wrapping up today um, this series that we've been calling the AMA Ask Me Anything. And if it is your first time here, the, the premise of this series came to me from the website Reddit. And on this website, they came up with the idea of doing the AMA, and they have invited folks who are experts in their field, doctors, scientists, celebrities, actors, world leaders to sign on and kind of take questions from the crowd. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if one day God decided to do an AMA? And so every week over the last five weeks, we've been looking at potential questions that we would ask of God were he to do one of these AMAs. So if you know me, and many of you do know me pretty well, you know that I'm a, I'm a big Netflix guy. Like my wife, like, this is what we do. We like to, you know, we kind of, we like to keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening in this country. And, and so we're always watching these things that come out and we spend our weeknights and our weekends kind of binge watching all these things. And, and every Sunday, just like I did this Sunday, you can ask him to make sure I'm not lying. Every Sunday I come in and I go to my team. I go, hey, did you guys watch, you know, such and such? And today I go, did you watch Squid Game? You know, it's taking the world by storm. Did you watch it? And so whatever the case may be, I come in every Sunday as we're setting all this stuff up. And I go, did you guys watch this show? Because I want to talk about it. It's exciting. It's what... And every week I get the same answer. No. No, John, whatever you're watching, we're not watching. Here's what I've learned about the people God has placed in my life. If it doesn't have a Disney princess in it, if it right? If it's not made for six-year-olds, they're not watching it. I had to watch The Office. But other than that, they're not watching it. Fine, not a problem. Different strokes for different folks. I get it. Last week, I got a chance to binge watch the new series, Midnight Mass. Anybody seen this out here? Yes. Okay, she knows wild show, highly recommended, parental discretion advised, okay? Let me just give you the gist of this series because you're all gonna wanna watch it when I'm done with this. New priest comes into a small town, little fishing village, and amazing miracles start to happen. I'm talking amazing. And then things take a turn, <laughs> and you just gotta watch to find out. But the reason I'm bringing this up is this show prompted today's uh, question. So. Midnight Mass opens up, and I'm not giving anything away, it's literally the opening scene. It opens up on a scene of an accident. And you see ambulance lights flashing, and the camera pans, and you see the EMTs working on a girl who's on the ground, and the camera pans. And there's a BMW that's smashed up, and there's a Jesus fish on the back. And then the camera pans and lands on a guy who's sitting down, and he's just stunned and there's you could there's a little bit of blood dripping down his face and the EMT walks over to him and lets him know that while he was drunk driving he just killed a girl and as soon as he gets this news he begins to pray and in really what amounts to being the darkest moment of his life this EMT interrupts his prayers and says while you're at it Ask him why he always takes the kids while the drunks walk away with scratches. You see, what this EMT is struggling with is something that has plagued human beings forever. What he's alluding to 
is one of the most commonly asked questions in Christianity. It's one of the, the most commonly asked questions about God, and chances are you have asked this question here. And so today as we wrap up this series, we're going to attempt to shed some light on this question. I, I don't say answer this question because at some degree it's an unanswerable question, and the best that I can do is give you a little bit of insight and a little bit of guidelines, but today we want to ask, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? And if you've ever asked this question before, you're not alone. This is a question that all of us have pondered in some form or some fashion. This is a, this is a question that was asked all throughout Scripture. Moses, big man on campus, he asked to God, why are you treating me this way? What did I ever do to you to deserve this? The great prophet Jeremiah, he asked by kind of questioning God's fairness. Really, that's what we're asking, you know, about God's fairness. He goes, why, why are evil people successful? Why do dishonest people have such easy lives? Subtext, I'm good, so why am I the one who's struggling? When, when it comes to the question, why do bad things happen, it, we, can, we can ask it in many different variations. I think sort of publicly when we're, we're discussing this question, we might say things like, well, you know, why does God allow natural disasters? Why does he allow hurricanes? Why does he allow these floods and these tornadoes and these horrific things that just destroy lives? Why doesn't he just stop those things? Or why does God allow people in developing countries to die of preventable diseases? But I think if we're being honest with ourselves, I don't think those are really the questions we're asking. I mean, we might ask them, but I don't think it's really the question we're actually asking. I think the question we actually ask is the one that we ask when we're in the shower and we're just kind of letting the water run down our faces. I think the question we're actually asking is the one when our head is on the pillow and our sheets are, are soaked with tears and we cry out, God, why did this bad thing happen to me? And there's pain behind that question. And there's confusion behind that question. And maybe you feel betrayed or let down. God, I, I've said yes to Jesus. I've followed you my whole life. Why did this happen to me? God, why didn't you help my marriage? God, why can't we conceive a baby? God, why did she have to get cancer? God, why did I have to lose my job? And I think it's a natural question to ask as humans, and I think it's a natural question to ask as Christians, but without proper biblical insight, this question, I think, can lead us away from God rather than to him. And so today what I want to do is, I can't say that I can answer this question for you. Theologians have been working on this question for many, many years. What I can do is give you a framework, a guideline to help you at least process why bad things might be happening. So why do bad things happen to you? Why do bad things happen in life? I want to first start off with an answer that's wrong, but often gets touted as the right one. And you often hear this one in a lot of churches. So, wh so why do bad things happen to you? Well, there is sin in your life. The reason bad things are happening to you is because you're sinning. You're not praying right. You're not praying long enough. That, th that there's some unrelated thing that you're doing over here that is having some totally unrelated punishment from God here. And we're going to land on this later because Jesus, he just shuts this line of reasoning 
right down. But today, we got to set this aside. So if this has been a problem in your life, if someone has told you this in your life, we got to just set this aside for a moment because there are real biblical reasons as to why bad things might be happening that we need to look at. So first, the first reason that bad things might be happening in your life is because well, we live in a broken world. When you go back and you read the book of Genesis, one of the things that you learn is that when God created this world, it and everything in it was good. It was perfect. It was just as he wanted it. I mean, the air was pure. The food was organic. There were no storms. There was no death. There was nothing. And best of all, God was actually able to walk and talk with human beings. Adam and Eve were actually able to be in the presence of our heavenly father. And then we sinned. We wrecked everything. It's our fault. All the bad stuff, it's our fault. It's on us. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, that sin tore this world apart. There was nothing that that sin did not affect. It sent shockwaves through time. And we are victims of it even to this day. Paul says it like this. He goes, we know that all that God created has been groaning. I love that. It is in pain as if it were giving birth to a child. The created world continues to groan even now. Sin brought death and illness and hurricanes and labor pains. And worse, it broke our connection with God. We could no longer be in God's presence the way that he always wanted it to be. This perfect world was no longer perfect. But God had a plan, and he had it from the very beginning, and his plan was always to use Jesus Christ to fix all this and to bridge that broken gap that was created because of sin. Jesus said it like this. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will. There's a promise. You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Notice Jesus didn't say, hey, you're, you're never going to have a bad day. In this world, you're never going to get fired. In this world, you're never going to you know, get into an accident. You're never going to get cancer. He said, no, you're going to have trouble and pain and hard times. There's going to be things that you don't like. There's going to be things that you don't understand. Jesus made us a promise that in this sin-stained world that we all live in, you are going to have trouble. But he also made a promise that he has overcome the world. Now, I think if we're honest, I think at some level when we, when we say things like, you know, the reason bad things happen is because of sin, I think it feels like a cop-out. I mean, when folks ask me, because they ask me all the time why bad things happen, and I tell them, well, honestly, it's, 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 it's because of sin, there just seems like there's like this wah-wah moment. But it's the truth. Sin is why bad things are even a thing. Let me say that again. Sin is why bad things are even a thing. Before sin, there were no bad things. And I think the frustration that we feel with this answer is evidence that as humans, we're never going to get an answer that we like. We're never going to you know, sit back and go, ah, I feel so much better now. Thank you very much. 
But coming to grips with the sin problem is fundamental. This is at the root of anything and everything. And if you want a fighting chance, that's all I can promise you, if you want a fighting chance at being able to process why bad things happen in life, you gotta start here. But there's other reasons why bad things might be happening in your life. And this next one, it's, it's painful for me to say, and it's uncomfortable for you to hear, but maybe, just maybe, the reason that some bad things are happening in your life is because you brought it on yourself. Now, wait, hold on a second, John. You, you literally opened up the message by saying that bad things don't happen because of the sin in our life. Mm, not exactly. Go watch the tape. What I said was, and what Jesus teaches, is that bad things don't happen because you did something over here, and there are now some unrelated consequences happening here, like some punishment from God. What I'm saying, and what Scripture bears out, is that there are real and direct consequences for our sinful behaviors and actions. This is why we focus so heavily in this church on, on making the wise choice. I mean, we literally do several messages a year ad nauseum sometimes where we challenge you to ask in light of your past experiences, come on, you know this, in light of your past experiences, current circumstances, and future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Because a wise person understands that all of life is connected. You don't live in a vacuum. What you do today and what you think today impacts who you are tomorrow and what you experience tomorrow. Scripture says, don't be misled, okay? No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. You reap what you sow. That's where this came from. So, like the character in the story. You drive drunk, you get arrested, you lose your license, and maybe you ask God, God, why don't I have my license? God, why is this happening to me? And God's going to say, because you drove, you drove drunk. I where's the confusion? You made an unwise choice, and there are consequences for the decisions that you make in your life. If we cry out to God, God, why am I hurting financially? I mean, it could be because you're driving a car you can't afford, living in a house that's too big, and you're going on vacations you shouldn't be. I don't know. But many times, the struggles that we have to endure in this life, the drama that surrounds us and follows us has nothing to do with the fall of man and sometimes has everything to do with the decisions that we make and the things that we do. And I understand it stings to hear that, and it pains me to say it, but this is this is why we come to church. I mean, our goal is to look more like Christ, isn't it? And if we can do that, if we can begin to live like Jesus and, and love like him and begin to incorporate his teachings and his commands into our life, then maybe just maybe we can stop asking, what was I thinking? And begin to reduce the chances of bad things happening because of something that we've done. So why are bad things happening? I mean, at, at, at the, the, the most general level, it's because of the sin in the world. Maybe it's because of something that we have done. But there's another reason that 
bad things might be happening to you. And it's a new category, and it's a category that Jesus himself introduced to the world. And that is that God wants to do something amazing through it and in you and in the world around you that maybe, just maybe, through something that you don't understand, through something that you didn't ask for, through something that you don't want, through something that might even cause you pain, God wants to do something amazing through it and in your life and in the world around you. God did just that in the life of a man who was born blind. One day Jesus is walking around and we read, it says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. So this is a real story here. It's not a parable. We're going to be doing parables coming up, but this is a real story. This is a real man who was really born blind. Now, I can't read his mind, but he is human. And I've got to imagine at some point, he probably asked, why me? Why can my brother see? Why can my sister see? Why do I have to be the one that, that, that can't see? Why did I have to be born blind? It's not fair. And I'm sure at some level he's come to grips with his condition, but it's got to be moments, right? Now notice what Jesus' disciples ask. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And there it is. This is what we're talking about up front. This is the bad theology that we spoke about, this idea that there's some unrelated sin that we've done in our lives which has now caused some unrelated problem. Who sinned for this to happen, Jesus? Jesus shuts that down right away. He goes, neither, neither this man nor his parents sinned. That's not a thing. Stop trying to make that a thing. Like Regina George would say, like, you know, stop trying to make fetch happen. Not going to happen. Jesus is like, you are proclaiming a truth about God. That is not a truth about God. Stop pushing that narrative. And then Jesus introduces us to a brand new truth, a brand new category as to why sometimes, not all the time, why sometimes bad things happen to us. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. In other words, his blindness that thing that he didn't understand, that thing that he didn't want, that thing that made his life hard and painful at times, that all happened so that the works of God could be displayed in his life. And then Jesus healed his blindness. And when that man was healed, his story would change lives forever. To this very day, I was blind and now I see new category. That thing you didn't want and that thing you didn't ask for, God did something amazing in it and through it and changed lives and changed the world. One day, one of Jesus's closest family friends, a guy named Lazarus, he got sick and he died. And it's a painful story and you got to read it for yourself. But in this moment, Jesus teaches us once again about this brand new category. He says, this sickness will not end in death. What do you mean? He's already dead. No. It is for God's glory 
so that, there it is, God's son may be glorified through it. And then Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. New category. Jesus is saying there are moments in your life where you have to endure hardship for the express purpose of allowing God to do something big in your life and through your life and in the world around you. One of the greatest stories in all of scripture, Joseph. Joseph, an amazing technicolor dream ghost. Spoken about him a couple times in the last few months. When he was young, his brothers were going to kill him. But then they did him a favor and they just sold him into slavery instead. And the rest of his life, you go read the story. I mean, there's just hurt after hurt, false accusations. He lands and he gets in prison. And then one day, God elevates him to a place of power. And his brothers show up. And in that moment, Joseph had the ability to have them killed. But he knew something. And so he forgave them. And he said, boys, you plotted evil against me, but God turned it into good in order to preserve the lives of many people who are alive today because of what happened. What you meant for evil, God turned into good, new category. There is a purpose in the middle of all that pain. And so, Today's question, why do bad things happen to good people? I mean, it is probably the most asked question in Christianity. Asked by Christians. But what we lose sight of is that at the very heart of Christianity, at the very core of what makes us right with God, at the very center of what will heal this world is the fact that the worst thing in the world happened to the best person in the world. Jesus Christ on that cross. And I think it's amazing that on that day that Christ was killed and nailed to that cross, on that day that he endured that suffering and that shame and that horror, we now call that Good Friday. All that bad stuff, we call it good. Did you ever think about that? And the reason we call it good is because we know what happens on Sunday. We now know what happens three days later, Easter the resurrection, the foundation of our faith. But that Friday, that first Good Friday, those disciples were confused, as desperate as ever, afraid, because they didn't know Sunday was coming. All they knew was that everything that they had loved everything that they had lived for, everything they had put their hope in had just died that Friday. And I think that's where some of you are today. For some of today, today might be Friday for you. And you just have no idea 
what God has planned for your life. You have no idea what God has planned for your troubles. You have no idea what God has planned for your sufferings. And don't misunderstand me. I am not telling you God is going to do it. I am just telling you, based on Scripture, it is possible that for you, in your situation, and what you're going through, today might be Friday. And things are dark. And things are scary. And you've got hurt. And your hopes might be dashed. But Sunday is coming. New category. It is possible that God will do something amazing through that thing that you hate right now. It is possible that God wants to do something amazing through that thing that you don't understand right now. That thing you never asked for. That thing you wish never happened. It is possible that God will use it to change your life, to change the lives around you, and to bring glory to his son, Jesus Christ. Now, some of you in this room already know this is true because it happened in your life. And it happened in my life. And you would look back at that moment in your life and, and you would say, I, 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 would, I would never have chosen that for my past. And I would never want to go through it again. But it drew me closer to God. And it made me a better person. Scripture promises us. It says, and we know that God causes everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. This is a promise that we cling to as Christians in the dark. This is a promise that we cling to in the confusion, in the pain, in the suffering on a Friday. God promises that as a human being, thinking about the question we're asking today, why do good things, why do bad things happen to good people? God promises that if you finally come to the realization that you're not actually a good person, that you're actually in need of a savior, his son, Jesus Christ, then he promises, he promises, he promises to work everything that we go through for our good and his glory. So what's the practical? What do you do with a message like this? If it is your first time here at DHC, every single week, we put this word on the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and just know exactly what to do with what you've heard. So let me just say this. Um, with this kind of a topic, there's no way for me to tie a perfect bow on it. It's just, it's just an impossibility. It can't happen. And my goal today was never to diminish or dismiss the pain that you've gone through or are going through. Our goal for this message was to give you a framework to understand and to point you towards the one who can give you an answer and who can give you hope. We read it today. Jesus tells us that we live in a world in which we will have trouble. 
That's a promise. And so I would just say this to you guys. No matter what you're going through right now, what it might feel like, what I, what I want you to hold on to as you're practical is we have to remember that we are in the messy middle, as I've heard it called. We are living in a time as humans, more specifically as Christians, we are living in a time between the pain of this world and the promise of the next world. Paul speaks of this messy middle when he promises. He says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. When sin entered the world, death, pain, and suffering came right on its heels. We live in an age now where the consequences of that sin are just running its course. And no one, you, me, not even Jesus, we're an exception to that rule. But in our pain, God is doing something big. And even if we don't see it come together this side of heaven, one day God will make it right. And if we focus too much on the pain of this world, and that's our human reaction, if we focus too much on the pain of this world, we can lose sight of the promise that Christ came to overcome it. That one day, all of this will be fixed. The author John was given a glimpse of that day. He was shown a vision of the promise that lies before us. Look, God's home is now among his people. It's Eden. He never gave up on the plan, not once, of wanting to be with us. And he will live with them, and they will be his people. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And so your heart might be heavy today. And you might be in that valley today. But faith reminds us that God is working all things out. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Jesus, God, some of us are hurting bad right now, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, I pray, God, that you would meet us at the place of our need. Lord, that you would touch our hurt. God, I pray that if you are going to do something in this moment on our Fridays, Lord, that you would move, that there would be miracles financially, relationally in our health, God. Touch us, Jesus. Help us to look to you. Help us to find hope in you. 
to know, Lord, that ultimately, even though we might be going through something we didn't ask for, we don't want, we would never wish on anybody else, that we don't understand, that we don't like, help us to know, help us to believe that you are working it out for our good, for your glory. Help us to see that, Lord. Help us to trust in you. And we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that actually only one time did something truly bad happen to someone truly good. And because of that, God, we have been made right with you. That would fell apart so many years ago in that Garden of Eden, Lord. You have never stopped trying to restore. And we look forward to that day when you will finally wipe away our tears. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.